This is Story and Rain Talks, the Story and Rain podcast. I'm Tamara, founder and editor-in-chief. After over 20 years in the fashion and print magazine industries, I launched StoryandRain.com, the digital fashion, beauty and wellness, entertainment, and lifestyle publication. And on this podcast, you'll get inside the story with the tastemakers and the trends that matter right now. From the actors you enjoy watching in TV and film to the most influential fashion and accessories designers, the costume designers responsible for all the on-screen style that makes its way straight to the streets, the beauty pros who set the trends in hair and makeup, the culinary creators who dream up all you want to eat and drink, the wellness experts who innovate in self-care and more, it's conversations with creatives, and we're exploring the origins or game-changing ideas and careers with those who are pushing culture forward. As a catalyst for creativity and through candid conversations with our community of cultural arbiters, we're your resource for discovering today's most interesting people, projects, and products with our high-low approach to style and the belief that magic exists in the diversity of mix, we're going to inspire you to live your most stylish life. Get inside the story right here. It's Story and Rain Talks. Up next is a podcast featuring a very special Story and Rain contributor. London-based artist Daisy DeVillanov creates art for the magazine, namely the colorful and unique portraits of our podcast guests that you see on our podcast channels, on social media, and on storyandrain.com. A treasured relationship, Daisy and I have stayed in touch spanning years. After all, we first met when I was working in my first job in fashion. She was in school, arriving at my office for her internship. I can clearly recall the artful nature of her penmanship on the papers in that office I spent a greater part of the day inside of. Since that time, Daisy developed a career as a sought-after artist and illustrator. Known for her very distinct designs, which began at age three with a love of felt-tip pens, Daisy has partnered with a long list of only the best brands to showcase her work, including Topshop, Zach Posen, Kate Spade, Missoni, Liberty London, Moet and Chandon, Nike, Soho House, Absolute Vodka, Heathrow Airport, and many, many more. On episode 117, Daisy shares her process as an artist and what it's like delivering very important work work that has great visibility to very established brands. Half American and half English, Daisy discusses the influence of travel and a love of 80s aesthetics on her work. We head into the 90s and down memory lane, recalling the details of her time spent in school in New York and when we worked at Interview Magazine together. On the podcast, Daisy talks about her point of view on projects, when she's felt most creative, including her collection of bold books, both in design and in theme. Daisy shares the routines and practices that help her do her best work and what it's like growing up in and with a family of creatives, including Mother Jen, Father Justin, and Sister Poppy. We talk about what's inspiring her now, things like seeing art, her colorful kitchen, cooking up food, and Daisy shares a favorite recipe and the book, the autobiographical book that it comes from. We get into all things style, of course, shopping your closet, her it girl status, and her own personal aesthetic. We talk intimately about designing textiles for her longtime friend, Zach Posen, her recent collaboration with Willeta Skincare, what she'd love to work on next, and more. Listen in. Here's our latest with one of the most creative people I've ever known, Daisy DeVillano. 
Hi. This is my first podcast. Look at you. I love, we love being podcast. I love your um, books, by the way, how you've color coordinated oh, them. Thank you. You know, your books are somewhere here, somewhere amongst the shelves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank wow. you. Yeah, this is, our, this is our office. This podcast is in need of a bit of a preface. One of the most creative people I've ever known. Daisy is in fact the wonderful illustrator of all of our incredible Story and Rain Talks guest profile art that you all see on our podcast channels, on storyandrain.com and on social media. I've known Daisy for many years now, ever since she walked into Interview Magazine, was my intern in the fashion department. That was many years ago. And we're going to get into that time in your life but first, let's talk about what life was like before you came to New York City to study at Parsons when I met you. Let's go back to early life. This is very pertinent to our conversation because it's about creativity and your parents are very creative. So who are your parents, Jan and Justin? Okay, so my mother is uh, Jan de Villeneuve. She uh, is American. She's from Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, her, she was born Janet Griswold. Did you know, like, know that? Like the Griswolds on vacation? Yes, I knew that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah same, same spelling. Yeah. I love it. So, um, so she um, went to University of, of Michigan and she, her first husband was an American football player. And when she was in Detroit, she was discovered by Eileen Ford and uh, went to New York and was with Ford Models and um, then went to Europe and lived in Paris and Milan. And then she moved to London in the um, early 70s and met my dad. And my dad um, is Justin DeVilleneuve, formerly known as Nigel Davis. He changed his name when he was 21 to sound more glamorous. <laughs> um so which kind of worked um so my dad um he is responsible for discovering the model twiggy in the 60s twiggy had worked at my uncle tony's um at a hair salon and she really wanted to be a model and my dad um was sort of a mover and shaker in the 60s and so my uncle tony said you know you should meet my my dad and um he took her to a well-known hairdresser's called leonard and cut her hair and put false eyelashes on her and like really like changed her look and she was the face of 66 and then you know they went to japan they went to new york it was huge and my dad always sort of refers to that time as sort of like the, the sort of the posh and becks because they were <laughs> me mega you know like it's like when i see footage of like posts of like you know my dad in the 60s dance with like Sonny and Cher and like Steve McQueen it blows my mind because like that my my relationship with my dad is so not that but you know it's it's a complete other world and my sister and I always tease him because we, we're convinced the Austin Powers that Mike Myers took inspiration from my dad completely. I love that <laughs> now I have to go back and watch Austin Powers films yeah like yeah. groovy baby, like the way that my dad talks. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad was on the Johnny Carson show and like the way he talked was just, he was wearing like a fur coat and a, a flower in his lapel. And he was like groovy man. <laughs> In fact, I'm seeing, I'm seeing him tomorrow. My sister, we'll have to like tease him. That's funny. That's really funny. What do you admire most about what is at the core of each of their creative souls, both parents? I think that they let us. So I have a sister called Poppy. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna talk Pop, about Poppy her. and Daisy Flowers. We we were 
teased like crazy or a little. Um, but um, I Great think news. that they've, thank you. I really like our names. Um, they sort of let us to express ourselves. There wasn't like, so my mother's family is very academic. Um, and I, they discovered I was dyslexic when I was 14, which is kind of late in the day. So I really struggled at school. Um, so it was, I had a really tough time at school. So they were very encouraging as far as me uh, doing art and going to art school. And yeah, I started looking at art schools at like 14, 15, no pressure. But um, yeah, so, but I remember one time, um, so as you know, I'm half American, so we spend the summers and holidays in America. Um, we were on our way to my grandparents in Ohio, but there was a, the flight was delayed. So we had a, a layover in, in New York for a day. I was about 14. And my mother took us to the Whitney Museum and I just loved it. And I, I knew that I had had, I had an opportunity to study in New York. I eventually studied at Parsons and I just knew then I wanted to live in New York. And um, so that was, that was a, a great thing about my parents, you know, just like, there was always like books about like you know, photography and psychology and just really interesting things lying around. Like they're very open to this you know, creativity and that really had an impact on your life and work. I was thinking about the fact that, that, you know, coming from creative parents, your sister Poppy, who we're talking about, is also a creative professional, that you must have felt supported creatively and understood. And I think that's something that many artists don't have. Not all artists have that. Many times they're the black sheep of their family, so to speak, or they have to find their own nurturing and also navigate being understood. And it sounds like they really helped you to kind of blossom as an artist from an early age. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about what life was like growing up. You were born and raised in London. We talked about the fact that you, you traveled extensively. Uh, what was life like prior to studying in New York and in Paris? What memories of creativity or creative atmosphere come to mind? Okay, so I was I was I only lived in London for a year and a half, and then my parents moved to Faversham, Kent, where my mom lives okay. now. And, okay, and then when my parents, yeah, UK, so that's in the countryside, about an hour south of London. And so when they got divorced, I was about eight or nine. My dad moved to London to Chelsea, where he is now. So I'd go visit at the weekends as a teenager, um, and Chelsea was very cool back then, like going to the King's Road and there was a shop called American Classics and <laughs> buying Levi's 501s mm. and and going to Portobello Market. And um, so, yeah, I mean, London was definitely a part of my life growing up um, and going to flea markets and museums. And my dad lives near the V&A and going to the V&A and, yeah, all that. I, I mean, I still love all that stuff. Like, I, and I always wanted to live in London or a city. Like, I always wanted to live in New York. I wanted to live in Paris. Um, I would probably want to live in LA, but I hate driving. <laughs> um, but everyone says that I can just get an Uber everywhere now. LA is so <laughs> different, though. I will tell you, I lived in LA for a while. Uh, oh, really? I didn't oh, yeah. know that. I haven't. Okay, so I, I haven't been back in since. 2000. So I'm due a visit. I I lived there just after 2000. Um, it's fun. It's it's very different, though, than living in, I think, a city like London or New York. Um, speaking, how long, how, 
How long did you live there? For? I lived there for three solid years where I had a car and I had okay. a car and an apartment three years. And then I worked there really, really regularly coming back every two weeks for about five years. So I still have a lot of friends there. I think I did. I made them, I made the move to LA from New York at a time. Now a lot of my New York friends are out there. I kind of did it yeah. really early. I did it in the early two after I left Cosmopolitan magazine. I just said, let's, let's go out to uh, LA. And um, that's, that's what I did then. But now I know so many people from New York who live there. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You too. were saying that, you know, you traveled a lot in the United States. I think U S culture has been of great inspiration to you. Hasn't it? Yeah. I think it's so interesting because you've been to all these places that, you know, even I haven't been to. Um, <laughs> I think no one, but, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, what would inspire you when you would travel to those places and why in the States? Okay. So somewhere like um, my mother, her aunt, my great aunt, aunt pop, she had a place in Lake Michigan in Harbor Springs and it was so beautiful. And we'd go there every summer and go to the, um, they had this great sort of like warehouses where you could buy, um, like I have, like I keep all my felt tip pens in these sort of vintage potato chip, um, like tins mm -hmm. that are like, they're huge and they're like a fabulous colors, like a, a yellow lid and like a turquoise base, just like, just like, or like Pepsi, um, like can, like, you know, crates and just stuff. So like, we would just put all this stuff in our suitcase and I'm sure my relatives thought like, what are you guys like <laughs> completely crazy, but I still have all this stuff. I love it. Um, so it's sort of like the vintage finds. And um, I think that, you know, that I love like eighties preppy culture. Yes, too, right? We're going to work. Did, did I add well, that? We, we're yeah, going to so talk like, all about that. I know that about you, you know, you have that yeah, sensibility. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so look, this was my first eBay purchase. Do you okay, remember Daisy's? This? Can you see what this yeah, is? Yeah, Daisy's showing me. I do know it is. It's the Gucci one. It's the. It's like the original Gucci. Like, yeah, where the where the colors change. Oh, gorgeous! It's so do, you, do, do, you, do you remember that? Yes. Uh, are there any routines or practices you find yourself always taking part in as a creative while traveling? Do you create while you're away? Do you take notes about future artwork or project ideas? How do you take in the culture and let it permeate what you'll create or come to create? Um, before I go away, I would definitely like do some research beforehand. Uh, Wallpaper Magazine used to do really great um, style guides to the to different various cities so I'd always get those I like check out like the museums um and it's all always helpful to have a friend like if if they're from that city like to like show me around like when I I've worked a couple times in Japan and like you know I, I just like want to know like what to do like I want to have like a traditional meal at, like a, a a restaurant of like traditional food go to the museum, just do it all. I mean, maybe that's like super touristy. It's not touristy. It's, it's sort of getting, getting to know that location from the insider's perspective. No. And I think that not everyone approaches a trip or travel that way. You know, not everyone does that kind of research. I don't think that sounds touristy at all. Actually touristy is like opening up a sightseeing book and saying, we've got to hit these three places, but researching a place and its yeah. culture and trying to connect to it is, is different. Can you paint a picture of what life was like during your days at Parsons? Where were you going? What were you doing? Who were you hanging out with? What did you love? 
Oh, what, from like just before I met you? Because I was, I think that was the summer that I, I left New York and went to Paris. Yeah. So, oh, yes. Yeah. So I moved to. You went to Parsons. Uh, Let's New- clarify. So you went to yeah, okay. you went to Parsons in both cities, in Paris and in yes. New York. Yes. Yeah, so I started in New York and I graduated in Paris. So I moved to New York in um, 1994 and I lived in New York for three years. And then when I met you it was in 1997 in the summer. And then I moved to Paris then um, and was in Paris for two years. And you first began drawing at a really early age. What what yeah. what did you study at Parsons? And is there one particular skill you picked up there that you've carried with you through the years? So I started drawing when I was like about three with felt tip pens. And it's funny that I've continued that now, which was kind of supposed to be a bit of a joke, but it's become my career. Um, it's how the best things happen, I, you know? authentically authentically really (laughs) yeah so I um I had always heard about Parsons you know loads of fantastic people had been there and it's known for being a fashion school so I was also really interested in photography so I had um originally I had done foundation year there and then I decided I wanted to wanted to do photography but I'm not so technical at all and I just thought oh the, like the darkroom thing is going to be so difficult like when I did photography at, at school like I had a boyfriend to help me like develop the film <laughs> you know so like I was like you know this this might not be such a good idea and I had all these friends back in London that were going to St. Martin's yeah. and um London College of Fashion and I thought I'm at Parsons School of Design that's known for being a fashion school why don't I just do fashion like that makes total sense. <laughs> but I, little did I know, I had never, I hadn't even heard of pattern making before. I knew first day. So I did fashion. I switched to fashion. I knew first day that I shouldn't have been in that department. But I met really good friends and they're still my friends. Um, I took extra sewing lessons. Um, I was really good at the inspiration boards and the fashion life drawings, but I ended up switching and I, I got a degree in fine art. So I, I took, I did an extra year. Where were you going and what, what was your social life like in New York at the time? Oh my God. <laughs> Let's go there for a minute. Uh, okay. So I lived on um, Mulberry Street. Between? And East Houston. And East Houston. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, a, yeah, really close to interview. Really handy. Um, so I went to, I had a very big social life. We'd go to like wax bar and spy bar and yeah, all those oh, places. Wow. Did you? Did of you go course to I did. Of course I did. So you inter you interned at interview uh, during your time at Parsons. That's how we met. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah. I think that was the summer of 97. And I rem- remember talking to our fashion editor there about your arrival. And I so remember your beautiful and distinct handwriting to this day. I can, Oh, I can you. see it in the notebooks and the papers that were in my office, in our office. Um, you know, Interview Magazine, of course, has its history. Um, you know, such rich history. It's place in pop culture uh, with all its well-known players. Uh, of course, starting with Andy Warhol and then legendary editor Ingrid Sishi. So many others who have collaborated that, you know, with or been a part of the magazine. The time that I was there and you were a part of it was an incredible time. You Totally. Do you remember your first impressions, first impressions of anything, the people, the atmosphere? 
Well, I remember Ingrid being there. Like, yeah, yeah. Anything else that you remember totally. about that office or about? It, well, it did seem quite scary. It did. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they were they were very kind to me. I remember I, uh, I, I was given a, a Liza Bruce swimsuit. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Speaking of like the era. Um, um, yeah, no, it was great. And also I, I should add that I, I've always been a big fan of interview magazine. I used to subscribe to it um, when I was a teenager and have it sent to me like from the U S over. And um, so like, it was, it was like sort of like a dream job for me. Do you remember what we worked on while you were there? Can you remember any of that stuff? I can't. I, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember the time that you were there during my time there and what we would have been working on. I did do a lot of suffering around. Of course, that's, the, that's the one thing that everybody like, remembers, like, right? I, I, I like felt like I was like a messenger, messenger. So I just like dressed in like as a messenger, um, in like cargo pants and. A tank top. Oh um, gosh. Lots of like, lots of like, like the credit, like the credit checking. Yes. A lot of fashion credits. The fashion credits were so important. This sounds so minute, but it's the fashion credits were of great importance at interview magazine for some reason. It was a favorite magazine yes. of mine before I was lucky enough to work there too. Same, same as you hard job. We're talking really intense job, but a one of a kind opportunity that certainly has shaped me as a person and a creative professional. So the perspective and the style of delivery of pop culture is what I loved most. And to this day, I still have a strong affinity for and a pull towards pop culture. And Daisy, I think you and I share that maybe like no one else I know, we share that love of pop culture and things like a, lo a love yeah. of color and color combinations and certain aesthetics. Can you describe your style and aesthetic both personally and as an artist. And are those two things identical? Would you say your fashion, your home, for example, matches your style of illustration? Completely. So I'm really into color and um, my kitchen, if you look at my Instagram, there's a picture of like, I did it like a week ago or so of my kitchen cupboards. And they're all different colors, like very like sort of like a Mexican sort of vibe. Um, so everything is very colorful in my flat and when I dress is pretty much always in color I always wear red nail polish red uh, my toes or I hate if I don't have polish on my toes <laughs> um, red lipstick um, so I'm I'm super super into color and my work is very much color influenced in a 2015 article on you in the Guardian I love this quote from you because it, it does resonate with me as well. If I've bought something and I find out it's a big trend, I'll put it to the back of my closet until the moment has faded. Let's talk about that. Okay, so um, I've actually just brought something back recently. So when I lived in Paris, um, I bought a lot of Isabel Moran. Of course, as one does. Yeah, yeah. So I basically been wearing like, <laughs> I've only recently just bought some new clothes. Um but um, I could be like the poster child child for sustainable living because like I basically like I still for the gym, I have like my North Face backpack that I used to have at like Parsons. So like I never buy anything. Well, new I love that. Ever. That's so you're you're the <laughs> kind of person that continues to like shop their closet, as we call it. 
Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Yes. And I love that idea. So um, I have been wearing Isabel Moran from that period for like 10 years until recently. I thought I should just get some new clothing. Anyway, but I had put in the back of the closet, I got, do you remember those sneakers that she did with the wedge? I have them. I have them. Yeah. I have them in not the best color, but I got used to them. Okay. Okay. So I got two pairs. So I got white and I got like this electric blue color. So I put. Oh, it's funny because I was going to get this. The It's so you too. It's like the, this bright, bright yellow she had over the summer. Almost like yeah. a marigold color. So good. So you bought two pairs of those. So I'm talking about the pairs from like 10 years ago. and From, I, ba- from then and you brought them, them back out. Again. Yeah. So I've just left them there and like I hadn't worn them and I brought them out last week. Oh, so there are, you, you're wearing them new currently. Yes, I love that. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good because those, those, uh, those Isabel Marant wedge sneakers have certainly withstood the test yeah. of time. That's for yeah. sure. So, okay, here's a, question that, here's, here's a question that might embarrass you, but I don't care. You're considered an it girl. So what makes for cover? <laughs> what makes for? <laughs> that, that was like an old Oscar, remember? <laughs> <laughs> what makes for covet worthy personal style is really my question to you. I think for me, it's not copying trends. I'm not crazy about it when I, when someone has the same thing as me. Yeah. It's funny because I you know it's true that over the years as well, like I will, um, I'll find a handbag that I like, right. Maybe it's the, the latest Bottega Veneta, you know, the, you know, the yeah. one that I'm talking about, the cassette bag, I guess. Um, and if, if I don't, yeah, if, if I find that everyone's bought it, I just get totally turned off by it. I understand completely, and I will not buy it. I understand how you feel about that. What kinds of surroundings make you feel most creative? Do you ever give that any thought? Well, so I've always worked from home. So it's just... So, so this is great. Great. Give us tips, Daisy. You're a master of, at working from home. Um, That's why so, people kept saying, like, stop telling everyone you love lockdown. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mind it either. You know, you're like this is this, you're like this fits perfectly yeah. with my li- with, with my lifestyle for the past 15 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all the people like you can just like avoid that you don't need to see. What makes you feel most creative? Is there a look and feel? Is there? I mean, is there? Do you just like being at home when you work? Is that what you're sort of saying? Yeah. So I don't. Uh, so I don't have a TV. That's uh, and obviously I can look stuff up. Okay, so I have not looked up any of this queen footage. Everyone's talking about it here and I just haven't seen anything. I mean, obviously I've seen like the papers, but like, it's crazy. That is crazy and mind-blowing and really funny. That's really, I mean, it, that's, there's nothing funny about somebody passing away, but the fact that you haven't seen any of it is really, I, is really great. I know. Yeah. No TV. Yeah. No TV. TV? Yeah. That's number one. And, um, I just, I think when it comes down to work, I'm just very conscientious about just like getting my work done and how I do work is, um, I often listen to a podcast, which is helpful with yours. And what needs to be in place when it's time for you to create? You talked a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the amazing work you've done over the years as an illustrator and the incredible people and brands you've collaborated with. You love working at home, but can you work anywhere? You've had to deliver some very important work to some very established brands, work that has great visibility. When you're on deadline like that, what does a day in the life look like and how and where do you get it all done? Can you work outside of the home or does it, or do you usually have to stay put? 
Um, the only time I have worked outside of home is like if I'm doing, I sometimes do these like workshops and so, which I think are quite fun. And so I'll do work there. Um, I was once on a deadline where um, I was doing some, I don't know if I should tell you, but I was finishing it up in the Uber en route to the job. I was just talking to somebody who's going to be working with us who just was like, I finished up the last thing I gave you in on the train. Yeah. 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 So I was doing this event and um, it was just, the, the deadline was just, it was so nuts. And it was something that I hadn't done before. And I had to sort of, it was very much DIY that I had to do. And I, um, I remember I just told the Uber to like stop at my destination. And I just said, look, is it okay if I had to like cut out these things from like, just do this for, like for a while. So like I spent like 10 minutes just like cutting up these pictures and just like, I was like, I cannot believe that this is my life. <laughs> when you're working from home. Pretty much always I do. What else needs to be in place? Do you take breaks? Do you not take yeah, breaks? Yeah. Uh, uh, so do you have a desk area that you sit at all the time. Yeah. I sometimes um, sit like, yeah, I've got like a little table that I've set up. I uh, also have a gym routine. So if I have like a spinning class at a certain time, if they're in the morning, I go to that. Yeah. So I will always do that. So I think it's good to keep a routine as well. Yeah. Oh, that's Yeah. That's I mean, I don't go to the gym every day. I, I, I really should, but I will, I will normally do that. Go to the gym first if, if there's a class and then come home and do work. Um, so keeping a routine helps you keep focused when it comes to your work. Yeah. Yeah. But also it's important for me to like keep, you know, exercise and do all that stuff and, you know, and get all the stress out. Get the stress out. Yeah. Through exercise. When do you feel you come up with your best ideas and do you keep them recorded anywhere? So um, I used to like keep like them like in a little notebook, but now I just put like, ideas on my phone in the notes section I it's so random I can like be on the bus or with friends and I suddenly think of an idea or hear like a line that someone says and I'll just like jot it down or if like I see someone and they've got like a cool hairdo or a cool look I'll just write down like some notes Interesting. You've got several books. Yes. How did bringing your work to book format come about? Okay so the first book um the first book is called He Said, She Said, and that was published in 2001. Um, and how that came about was I, um, when I was at Parsons in Paris, I was trying to figure out what I should do for my, you know, senior project. And I was really struggling with what to do. I didn't know what to do. And there was a assignment where people from the class had to, not necessarily friends in the class, had to go to each other's studio and sort of interview them. So a girl came that was in my class, came to my flat and um, she saw that I had all these drawings and then she saw that I had all these typewriter, like little texts from typewriter. And she said to me, why don't you put that together? And I thought, wow, that's a good idea. So I did. And then that, I did maybe like 14 or 15 drawings for the uh, senior project and I had a really good response from that 
And uh, one of the teachers said something along the lines of, I was disappointed in your dissertation, but could I buy some of your work? (laughs) (laughs) You're kidding. When I moved back to London, I ended up having a uh, show and a a friend was working in a boutique in Notting Hill. And I put my senior project in that show and I got approached by these publishers called Poco and they commissioned me to do the He Said, She Said book. So that's what happened. Fantastic. And how many books have you done with them so far now? So with those guys, I did um, two books. I did He Said, She Said, and then followed after that was I Told You So, which was by, sponsored by Topshop because that's who I worked with afterwards. And then I did another book called um, I Should Have Said. That's the book that you have that was published by um, Hardy Grant in the UK and Rizzoli in the US. And then I did another book um, called The VNA. Uh, fashion mashup and that was by penguin random house and i've contributed to various other books too but this is my question to you okay it's it's almost it's almost a dare because the list is so long you've created art for so many designers brands magazines please name them try to name as many as possible for the sake of the podcast okay so people understand what kind of work um moe chandon top shop Zach Posen, Nike, Kate Spade, um, The Guardian, Sunday Times Style, um, Wallpaper Magazine. This is really hard. It is really hard. The list, the list goes on and on and on. The list really goes on and on. What types of projects resonate most with you or do you love to work on a variety of things? I love to work on a variety of things. And I have never um, not liked a job I was doing ever. I've loved every single project I've done. Sometimes there's been cases where I've had to sort of compromise, but it's still cool, you know, like. Well, that was uh, one of my questions for you was, have you ever been in a position where you found yourself on a project that doesn't feel right creatively? And what did that mean for you? and, And how did you handle it? I think I've always ended up liking the end result, but there have been times when you're working with people and I'm the creative person and they're not, but they want to have some sort of feedback. So they put in their two cents and so they'll be like, oh, why don't you go in this direction? And I'm like thinking, I don't think that's going to work. But then in the end, you know, something's happened and it's been fine. I've never, there's there's, I've never done anything that I'm, I've been, really regretted or disappointed I mean there's there's some stuff that I thought like sometimes I'm shocked when people have picked my least favorite picture out of what I've given them like I'm like I'm like I can't believe that they picked that one um but yeah it's just it's just a matter of 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 compromising with with certain brands but on the whole like I've been really like pretty happy yeah yeah. How often does that happen? I mean, most people are giving you creative control. That's what you're there for. You. Yeah. You have a very distinct style. When people come to you, they they want all of that and then some, probably. Um, but sometimes people will come to you and ask you to design in specific ways. Yeah. I mean, so, sometimes, like for me, I would pre- I prefer to have um, the brief really clear. Otherwise, mm. when it's too open. I just feel completely lost because I don't really know what they want. And then it leaves it 
I guess it leaves the job open for a lot of yeah, yeah, necessary edits. It's like we yeah. could have put like a brief in. I, I think yeah, maybe that sounds great to have like an an open brief. But for me, I just I just struggle with that. I just like I want to know as much information as possible. Are you thinking about the things that you haven't done yet, and what might those things be? Oh, so I would like my like wish list of what I like to do. Yeah. Oh, I would love to do, um, like, arrange, like, what I did for Topshop, but, like, a Target or something like that. Or, you know, even, like, anthropology is, like, on my hit list. I, I've had a group show in London in the King's Road years ago, but that would be definitely a, a, a company I'd love to work for. Yeah, Daisy DeVillano for Topshop. What a moment for you, right? You've had many cool moments. Thank but you. It was two seasons of household products yeah. with them. I would kill for something oh, in your yeah. I, in I, your I, I I might be able to find you something. Oh, that's I would I, I thought you were wow. I'm very very lucky. Um, I didn't think this is my question. Is there any one item you've created with a brand that went viral in popularity? Anything people were and maybe are still clamoring for? So I actually just posted, it, but my the the shoe boxes for Topshop. The shoeboxes, they, right, they right. were really big. And so they came out like maybe, I reckon they came out, yeah, like 2002, I think. So, yeah. and They're so great. And people, you know, say they kept them for ages or still have them. So that's really nice that, that it's it's lasted that long. So, yeah, I think that and the, and the tote bags, like I have a friend that lives in LA and a tote bag and I'd be like, Oh, that's kind of it's it's kind of cool when you see someone wearing it. I mean, wearing it and kind of like merchandising yeah, it. With yeah, I, I think now I'd be like tapping. I'm like, oh, I, I, I did that. <laughs> I wouldn't back then. I mean, and a Topshop shoebox is such a great. I mean, I'm sure tons of people are storing items in them, and yeah, what a cool thing to collect. Which of your projects to date, besides the one we we're just talking about, has made a lasting impression on you, and why? What have you worked on that you look back on as either interesting or an incredible opportunity or just so much fun? I think, I mean, I love the Topshop collaboration, the Moe Shandon collaboration, Zach Pose and all of them. But I think for me, it's actually probably the books, you know, that was. Why? Talk a little bit more about that. Um, because I was able to express myself very freely and, um, and that led well. That the first book led to the Topshop collaboration. Topshop saw me saw that, and they commissioned me to do, to design the shoeboxes in that style. So the little text underneath the, sh the shoeboxes say something like "Kick him out," or it's, there's a, a a tagline connected to a shoe which is similar to my book. So the he said she said book is is referenced to, to like romantic relationships. I remember us talking about that. Um, and that, that's so true. I, you know, you do a lot of work with illustration and pictures, but those books are your point of view, right? Yeah. Just, and, they're, and they're things that have actually like happened to me or to a friend. And so, yeah, they're very original. You've met so many creative people over the years. Your world is rich with them. Can you share a standout story or two about a deeply creative person in a deeply creative or cool moment? I did. I went, so last night I went to a birthday party of a 91 year old. 
You did? Yeah, as I do. Tell, it, um, tell me everything. And um, the artist Alan Jones was there. And he is well known for doing these tables of like this. Um, they're very sort of sexy, of like a girl wearing like, you know, leather. And she's like on all fours and like the table is like glass on top. Anyway, so um, he's like an old friend of my dad. So I just went up and said that, like said hi. And I, I thought it was kind of cool that I was like talking to him. And then I I don't know if anyone else really knew who he was. We were talking about Zach Posen, uh, who is a friend. He went to oh. St. Martin's. He lived with me in London. He ended up living with me in Portobello at that time. Yeah. Okay, because he did. Why do I? He did study. I he false... studied at Parsons, but that was. Oh, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but he I was like, like fifteen, I think, and that was before I met him. Yeah, but everyone thinks okay. that we studied together. That's why people think we know each other. That's we, really yeah, crazy. Yeah. That's a crazy mashup because I, I feel like I remember you talking about him. But uh, we must have talked about him at one point over the years, but I guess it was during that time. You created designs for textiles, right? For his 2011 collection. Yeah, that was how did you, that was the spring, summer. This year. How did you collaborate to design them? Well, we had been talking about doing something for ages and uh, I was in New York and we just got chatting and, um, and then his studio just emailed me one day and said, Zach, he wants to, work with you and they gave me a brief and um I started like doing designs and and, and that's that's what happened and so then I went ov- over to New York for the for the um show there was a standing ovation I don't think they knew that I did the pictures but it was pretty cool I remember when Z spoke was happening and during that time do you remember yeah. when, he, I, when he did that target collection yeah yes oh yeah yeah I got yeah. the I got I went to the opening that I got the red um motorcycle jacket like a suede motorcycle jacket I still have so good so I still have all my Zach stuff too this is something you do throw anything away oh I I bet but where do you oh here's another question where do you store all these wonderful things you produced materials from textiles to objects do you keep them in a specific so a lot of them is at my mother's house she lives in Kent um saved away and um during lockdown so I I live by myself and I um have a spare room slash studio room but I I haven't really been doing I've been doing more work in the kitchen these days but um so no one stayed here for two years so now it's so yeah so my clothes are in there your clothes are all in the spare room yeah and and then some at at your mother's yeah yeah what's going on with kitchens lately you're you're inspired by being in the kitchen yes yes so okay so do you know that thing called masterclass yeah, I was just, that's so weird. That is so weird because I subscribed to Masterclass at the beginning of lockdown because a friend of mine had gotten hooked on it. Okay. She sent me, she sent me her referral, you know, and I was watching it kind of voraciously for a while and have it in years and just watched yesterday. I can't believe you're bringing this up. Okay. So my sister gifted it to me during lockdown because she, so she bought the Same thing. subscription. She gave it to me. And um, so I end up doing like a lot of cooking. And so I got really into cooking and um, I, I love hosting dinner parties. It's like one of my favorite things ever. Um, so yeah, at the moment I'm, yeah, just, it's one of my favorite things cooking. Daisy, I'm, I'm always trying out new recipes and stuff. And 
there is so what were you watching on masterclass like who were you watching okay so i started with alice waters me too that was a great one. Oh yeah yeah dominique, dominique Crenn is good i'm gonna watch that one. okay no i watched massimo okay okay so ultimately he actually he listened to me i saw him coming out of whole foods the other day um <laughs> yeah so um yeah so no i i i i loved it yeah yeah listen to me i mean i'm not probably not the first person that's mentioned this to you what about your cookbook your illustrated cookbook that needs to come out i know well you know i actually love i mean i'm like dying for it already i know i i love doing those little um recipes for you um i yeah i have been thinking about doing a cookbook for ages and i don't know like like my mother and my dad were good cooks my grandmother was a good cook my sister um really runs in the family wow I, what is your yeah I what is your go, I, what is your go-to dish when you do a dinner party daisy well it's changed it started out being my dad taught me how to do risotto so it used to be that but now um uh you know it, it's like chicken roasted red peppers last week i did a this is so not me for like friends coming over but i did do a pasta dish that i thought was pretty good um but yeah, I just, I don't know how, in what form I would do it. Maybe like a sort of like a scrapbook with handwriting or if I should get recipes from friends or anyway, it's definitely been on my mind for a long time. That did, is, did we talk about it or not? I wasn't sure. We didn't, but that, that is, it's just now that you're saying this and I'm thinking about the body of your work, I'm like, that is what's next for you. I that feel like I should do something. And genius. also like, I love, um, so I have some of the old like Martha Stewart books and I would love to do like that sort of aesthetic, but like me, like mm. how how like how I would do it. Like I love scrapbooks and interiors and hosting and you know little objects. I don't know how how to up, a lifestyle. Up, a lifestyle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, but how a lifestyle know? scrapbook? Yeah, but like my version. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm dying for it already. Dying for it, dying for yeah, it. Yeah, so I, I know. It's just something that's been on my mind for ages, how I would uh, I would have to think of, of a concept first. But that's, that's that's like one of my dream things I would love to do, do that. You so almost, you kind of have one. You just have to figure it out. Yeah, that's really good. That's really, really good. You did a recent collaboration with Waleda Skincare. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yeah, so, so fun. Yeah, so cool. yeah, 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 yeah. And and the, and and um that their products are amazing. I've been using their um, their skin skin cream like every day. Had you used them before? Skin food is such a great product. Um I had heard of them before, but I hadn't um used them before. Um, and the body oils are really good. Yeah, but it's, really it's, it's incredible. And I've also actually been putting the, um, just putting, you know, the, so it, I don't know if you know, but it got really hot that here this summer. And I, yeah, I was in Europe this summer. It was just hot. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. I was, so I've been putting, I was in I, Italy, like roasting. Yes, yeah. I know. So I've been putting like, just, you know, lotion on my skin. Like I just wouldn't normally do that like every day, but that's not like, that's what I'm doing. Cause I just feel like it's important to do that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the, the Waleda came about, um, they just emailed me and said they were, they were looking, they were interested in me to do a collaboration. Is there anything coming up that you're able to share? Uh, yeah, I, I, um, 
am going to be working with some mug manufacturers doing a range of um, products for them. So that's mug as in like a mug. Yeah. Yeah. Like coffee mugs. Yeah. I'm very into coffee mugs. And I just, I just realized this kind of recently because I actually did. So I did some reorganizing and some building in my kitchen collection of mugs that are like, I was very tightly edited and I never really thought of myself as a mug person, but I guess I am. When is this happening? When can we expect to see that? I don't know if it's going to be before Christmas or afterwards. I'm not sure yet, but the next step is um, figuring out the designs. Okay. Keep us posted. Yeah. Before we hit your six list of obsessions, current obsessions, what is inspiring you currently? What's catching your eye? Do you kind of have that happen to you in your life where you're, you're in a moment where there are just certain things that catch your eye and that inspire you, whether it's like, I don't know, nature or travel or what's happening right now? What are you, what are you? I think just going out to a lot of like private views and museums. And I think that was one thing I missed a lot during lockdown was I missed um, restaurants for sure. Um, and I missed museums because I've always been the person that just wants to go to the shop, you know, and I can do a museum in like two, like sit around in like five minutes, but it was something that I really like had missed, you know, like all the, the old masters, just like all the time that's gone into those pictures and they're so old. And I went to see the Van Gogh, uh, it's called Van Gogh in the US, but Van Gogh here, um, yes. the live last year. And that kind of blew my mind, you know? Oh, I saw, I was there. I saw that. Yeah. And, and I never knew, I never was a fan growing up. You know, I had friends that had all the, you know, postcards of the sunflowers. I just didn't, I just didn't get it. And now I like really appreciate it. So mm. I don't know if it's me getting older, but I just, that's something that I just find like just art oh, <laughs> so inspiring, you know? And they sold a lot of merch at that exhibit, you know? Oh, I, did, I, did, I did buy it. Let's wrap with your six okay. list. What, what are your six current obsessions? I know this is going to be excellent. Tell me. Okay. So we talked about cooking. And at the moment, um, I love the book Almost Home, which is a cookbook by Fanny Singer, who is the daughter of... There's something psychic happening. Okay. There. It's because we're Geminis. What? It's because we're Geminis. Yeah. Okay. I cracked open Masterclass the other day, and guess what else I had, and I just oh, wow. started reading it. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Is that not weird? I know, because we, okay. we haven't spoken about it. Yeah. I know. That's crazy. Two things that we're like on the same weird page right now. Okay. So let's go back just quickly to cooking. So if we were to tie that to like, um, so is cooking number one in this book number two? Yeah, so the, I was just going to say, so I have been making, I'm currently making the dish that I'm making is the coming home pasta from that book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's why I just, okay. yeah. So yeah. cooking and it would be the coming home pasta. And then number two is Almost Home by Fanny Singer. It's a really great book, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then when you mentioned like beauty, it would have to be the, the skin food moisturizing cream, which I'm using every day as well. Okay. Yeah. And, number four. and the sunblock too. Um, okay, number four. Um, so I work for this charity called Fine Cell Work. Um, I've designed cushions for them in the past and I'm in talks of doing more homeware for them. 
So I love, like, my favorite thing is interiors. So definitely, like, home decor. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, what else? So for traveling, I love Globetrotter suitcase. And I actually did, I did a, I did a bespoke um, suitcase for them a while back. You did? I didn't know that. Yeah, Um, yeah. which piece do you own? So I have, I don't know what the name of it is. It's like a little orange one. It's so old. Mm. Uh, yeah. It, I was given it as a gift. They're so expensive. Yeah. They're so expensive. And I, 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 I w- they're so expensive. And I just, I'm like, are they durable? Do they get better? I know. Out? I keep looking if there's like a sale and it's just like, they're just like the, the prices were insane. Really? Yeah. But um, I love it because it, it's, it, it's so old fashioned looking. Yes. And what else? Anything else? Number six. So um, for arts, I love outsider art. And I'm a big fan of this gallery in London in Chilton Street called the Gallery of Everything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Why do you love it? So outsider art is artwork made by schizophrenics people, but it's very naive in style. And I just, I just, crazy about it um and it's really cute the the gallery space it's in an old um barber shop and it's completely kept like that with the red and white stripes on the outside it's really it's really very cute. very cool and it's very it's cool. also opposite children firehouse which is a nice place to have drinks afterwards oh my god if i hear about children Firehouse, have you have you have time. you been i've got to make my way over one of these days yeah um i like let's see i've got a few things um yeah, I mean, for like, yeah, evening bags, Tyler Ellis handbags. I, I, she's someone else that I've collaborated with in the past. Like, you know, le- yeah, like a cute little leopard print sand clutch is, is nice. Yeah, I did a, I did some place settings for her at um, Dover Street Arts Club a while back. Yeah, did you meet her in yes, LA? Yes, I met her in LA a long time ago. We had coffee at the Beverly Hills Hotel. So we had this very, oh, yeah, wow, and we so did cool. a little piece on her at the time. I want to do something with her again. Okay, cool. Fab. Well, this was great. It was so good to have this conversation with you. Totally.